with stuff Tim puts that on the video and oh, people really like that That's a lot good. yeah yep <laughs> hey this is John Arbring and I'm here with my really good friend Nancy Beach thanks for joining absolutely um, we're walking through Dallas Woolridge book renovation of the heart and thinking about becoming new uh, my friend Tim Williams who's kind of a partner on this said that he was talking to his wife Brittany about what we're doing and his son Blaze who was five years old when Tim mentioned John said wait wait you mean John's still alive <laughs> so it's like either he's confusing me with somebody else or Blaze, yes, I am. And we're actually talking about uh, how do you become new and that it really happens by death to self. And all of that is part of the journey of renovation of the heart. I want to read a little section from the second chapter. We've been taking quite a long time in this. And Dallas lays out here the parts of the person that God has given to us a will, the ability to choose, to create, to be free, a mind with thoughts and feelings, our bodies, our social relationships, and then the soul that draws all of that together and enables us to relate to ourselves, to each other, and to God. And then he talks about actions. So if you're reading along, page 39, this is really interesting, really sobering, gets to question I'm going to ask Nancy in a minute. He says, now we turn to action. Our actions always arise out of the interplay of the universal factors in the human life, spirit, mind, body, social context, and soul. Action never comes from the movement of the will alone. Often, maybe usually, what we do is not an outcome of deliberate choice and a mere act of the will, but is more of a relenting to pressure on the will from one or more of the dimensions of the self, our feelings or our thoughts or our appetites or so. Put a kind of pressure on us, okay, we'll give in. The inadequacy of good intentions alone to ensure proper action is marked by Jesus' words, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then he goes on, we must clearly understand there is a rigorous consistency in the human self and its actions. This is one of the things we're most inclined to deceive ourselves about. If I do evil, I am the kind of person that does evil. If I do good, I'm the kind of person who does good. Actions are not impositions on who we are, but expressions of who we are. They come out of our heart in the inner realities it supervises. Today, one of the most common rationalizations of sin or folly is, oh, I just blew it. While there is some point to such a remark, it is not the one those who use it hope for. It does not exonerate them. While it may be true that there are other circumstances in which I would have not have done some foolish or sinful thing, and while, I may not and while that may not represent me fully, blowing it does represent me fully. I am the kind of person who blows it. Blowing it shows who I am as a person. I am, through and through, in my deepest self, the kind of person who blows it. Whatever my action is, comes out of my whole person. You know, I was thinking how often we read about a public person that gets caught doing something wrong, and the response will be something like, that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. that, but it is, because it came out of me. 
Um, that's the deep, deep nature of action. It indicates how things are going in my soul. And Nancy, you were telling me a memory of Dallas where you talked to them about that. So I would love for people to hear about that. Yes, uh, I had an opportunity to interview him one time. And I was struck, first of all, by his demeanor. I was picturing this really cerebral academic type, but he was just so laid back and grounded and, and comfortable to be around. But I asked him a question at one point. I said, uh, how can you tell when your soul is a little bit off mm. or when things are not well with your soul? Mm. And again, I expected a rather complex response. And he paused a moment and then he said, when I'm easily irritated with the people I say are closest to me, like my family. And that really hit me because at the time I was the mother of two young children and I was struggling with losing my patience a lot. And I probably would have said, oh, I just blew it, you know, mm -hmm. or um, I'm really not an impatient person, but for some <laughs> reason I just keep losing They make my me patience. impatient. They make me impatient. Mm -hmm. And I realized, um, am I practicing the kinds of ways of training that would help me prevent mm. losing it so often? Mm. You know, what am I doing to grow in this? And it was easy to sort of power up and be the kind of person I knew I was supposed to be at church or at work, um, but at home when you're most relaxed and, uh, and yet those are the people you love the most, that's where I would often not be like Jesus. Mm. So did you find anything helped you when you had those two little lives around and you were tempted to blow up at them? Did that shift much? Was it always kind of a constant problem? Well, one funny story. My younger daughter, I seemed to lose my patience with her fairly often. And she got to the point where she said, right in the middle of it, she said, you know, in just a few minutes, you're going to be coming back and telling me that you're sorry. <laughs> Thank you very much. And wow. she was right. You know, um, mm -hmm. I, I think part of it is slowing down my pace enough. Mm. I think when you have young children and you're working and all of that, life is, is too rapid. And I needed to make choices to breathe. And mm. in between the office and walking, home, walking in the house, um, it was about a 10 or 12 minute drive, just sort of not zoning out, but sort of preparing myself. Now I'm entering into mm. another reality and how do I wanna be you know, with these precious little ones? Um, but no, I never got great at it, but I think I grew a little bit. I do think there is, uh, you know, in asking what does love look like and then asking what are the barriers that keep me in my mind or my body from simply living as a loving person, I think hurry is a huge one for most of us. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to love people, especially little people, when you find yourself in a hurry. Yes. And I was babysitting the other day and I found myself wanting to say hurry up for no reason at all. <laughs> I had nothing to do but just to be present. And yet it's like, it's just inside, at that point it's just inside my body and it usually uh, uh, bubbles up into irritation. Yeah. 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 Well, wonderful question that you might think about is, take a look at my actions today. What are they revealing about how my soul is doing? Mm -hmm. And uh, instead of thinking, I need to work harder to control my actions through the power of my will. To keep in mind what Dallas writes here, very rarely do our actions come from willpower alone. Usually it's the habitual patterns of the thoughts and then the feelings that go along with those and the reflexes that are just in our bodies. So instead of saying, 
Now, spiritual transformation means I have to exercise more and more willpower to try harder and harder and harder to be more and more patient or joyful or happy. Um, how do I pursue life with God and the way of Jesus entering into certain kind of practices and certain kind of relationships and certain kind of experiences that can bring about the transformation inside of me that mean that actions that are uh, patient and loving and joyful will more naturally flow from the inside. So today, don't try hard to be more, I mean, you can try a little hard to be patient if you're really getting ready to lose it. But instead of that, just look at your actions and ask, what are my actions telling me about what is in my mind and what is in my heart? And I will see you next time. Thanks, Dan. Sure. Hope it was long enough. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can join the conversation and more by visiting becomenew.me slash subscribe.